action. Hello and welcome to another episode of Your Average Critics, joined as usual by Chris and Obi. How are you guys? Good, thanks. Sweet, Sweet mate. Good. So this is going to be a bite-sized pod um, based on episode three of WandaVision, uh, which was released on Friday. We're recording this on Sunday, hopefully releasing it Monday. So trying to keep up with what's going on, um, discuss the new developments and I guess where we think it might be going. Good. Um, Yes. Sorry, before we um, start talking about WandaVision, can I just quickly um, talk about something that, I found, that I'm finding kind of interesting? Yeah. Um, so this thing about Christopher Nolan, basically, um, you've probably seen it. Like, all of his films, I think, uh, previously were done with Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. And now, because of Warner Brothers' whole um, bringing stuff out on HBO Max thing, he says that he's going to, like, leave the partnership. And he called HBO Max the worst, <laughs> the worst streaming service. Oh, wow. Like, I'm just curious what you guys think about that. <clears throat> I can't comment on whether HBO Max is any good because we don't get it over here. So yeah. uh, I don't know. I mean, I would I would say that Amazon Prime is the worst streaming service based oh, on its interface. <laughs> you have to do a lot to be worse than Hulu or Amazon Prime, I think. You have to do yeah. a lot. But I mean... Yeah, I don't know what Hulu's like. To be Christopher, Christopher Nolan's a purist, isn't he? He still, mm. I think, tries to shoot on film as much as possible, um, tries to do as much practically in front of the camera as he can. Um, and he has been criti- critical in the past of streaming services in general. So it doesn't surprise me. Um, not quite sure where he would go. Yeah. Um, I mean, if he wants a partnership, then he might have to go with someone like Sony or unless he goes with Disney Fox, but with the assumption that it won't go into Disney Plus kind of exclusively. Um, Who does... Oh, sorry. Go on. Sorry, I was going to say, it's only the only other studio I can think of is is Sony, but I guess yeah. you've maybe got Paramount. But well, I was going to ask, um, who does Fast and Furious? Universal. Maybe them, because obviously like, they're like big budget blockbuster type films, isn't it? Yeah. So his problem is... The theatrically films shot theatrically are going to just be released straight on streaming. That's his mm. problem. Is that right? I think so. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I think he, his problem was that he was. I think he has a big um, hoo ha about the fact he wasn't consulted before this decision was made. But I'm just like, you're not on the Warner Brothers board or anything like that. So why would you be consulted? <laughs> yeah, and they released Tenet in cinemas anyway. So exactly. I mean. Uh, I sort of respect his kind of purism, but also get with the times, you know, I think I don't, I don't know what his reasons are for disliking streaming so much, apart Mm. from obviously the fact that it isn't, is inherently not cinematic, but you know, from a business point of view, if you're Warner Brothers, um, you know, we're getting to the point now where literally every studio is delaying their films again yeah. And we talked about in our group chat with the MCU, there's already five films supposed to be released this year. That's including Spider-Man 3. Mm. Sony have already got two other Spider-Man properties coming out this year. With all of the planning that Disney have done with releasing the Disney Plus shows, so you've got what, Loki in um, is it April or May, and then you've also got Falcon and Winter Soldier. These all feed into other films. So if they push back say, for example, Doctor Strange 2, um, does that affect the Disney Plus? So from a business point of view, you've got to think, I'm essentially, and you guys know more about economics than me, but there's, you know, each film they've got is essentially an asset and they're just sitting on those assets. Mm. Um, You know, they might have spent 150, 200 million dollars on it. I guess you'd probably save quite a lot by not having to advertise too much. But, you know, at some point they're going to have to swallow some cost and just be like, look, we'll just whack it onto Disney Plus or whatever streaming service we are affiliated with. You know, it might boost subscribers for a bit. I mean, Netflix passed 200 million subscribers the other day, didn't they? And so they're clearly benefiting from people staying at home. And so if you're a film studio, I don't I think you'd be stupid not to consider doing that. Um, You know, as long as... uh, I, it... I think you're. I think you're wrong there. I think. 
I think at Storm Studios, although I'm not necessarily wrong, you got to think of like long term. So like in a year's time, you'd like to think that everyone will be going out way more than they did already, and that streaming services probably won't be as prominent as they are or have been for the last year and a half. So you might be thinking you want to get your stuff out there, not into the streaming platform, because people might not necessarily go and sit at home and watch it any, as much as they do right now. I'm not saying to exclusively put things on streaming, though. I'm just saying whilst we're in a lockdown, okay. rather than, rather than you know, every couple of months delaying your films for another couple of months, just get them out there. Because these these studios will have plans, you know, four or five years in advance. You know, they... Um, MGM were probably thinking, oh, we'll, we'll have another James Bond film in the next couple of years. Or, you know, um, if there's another Godzilla Kong type film, or, you know, there's all of these plans that the longer they get pushed back, the more the other plans are going to be affected. Um, and yeah, I'm not saying that they should exclusively release on streaming once the pandemic is over. No, not at all. I love going to the cinema and would kind of rue not being able to go again. But I, I'm just thinking for now, rather than sitting on five, six films in a franchise, just release them. You will get an you will get a boost in subscribers for that short period of time, and then yeah, the, and the then very uh, benefit from you getting more subscribers. The film, the film, or the the company's and the films probably do better in cinema, I'd assume. Yeah, I mean, I don't know all the ins and outs of the economics, but if you're, and for if Marvel, you're Disney... Setting out six films in one year probably doesn't hurt them, if I'm honest. So I know, again, but... Sorry, say that again. Marvel give out six films in one year is probably not going to hurt them. Right, OK. But like, my argument is... I'm not, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying you're wrong, Chris. I'm just sort of... I think it, it is a difficult one um, because, you know, there's already five MCU films this year or four, um, plus the series. Next year, there's going to be another five. So if you delay all of these five till next year, you either release 10 next year or you just mm. keep pushing everything back. And mm. as much as, you know, once people are allowed back out into society properly, are you know, are people's cinema habits going to change that much? I don't know. Maybe initially. Um, but, you know, if, say, hypothetically this July, right? <laughs> I'm being optimistic. Say this July we're allowed to come back into society, right? And mm-hmm. hypothetically none of the studios have put their films on streaming services. Are, are people going to be going to cinema? I mean, we might, but are regular cinema goers or even non-regular cinema goers going to watch No Time to Die, um, Kong vs. Godzilla, um, Shang-Chi, Eternals. Mm. You know, are they going to be going to the cinema twice a day for three weeks? Probably not. So... I definitely would. You know, even... (laughs) (laughs) I know, but the the average person won't. And even with the brief amount of time that cinemas were open, um, Tenet didn't make... Yeah, but that's tons of money. That, that's different. That's different. We're talking about different scenarios here. Tenant shouldn't have been released in that time frame because people weren't too sure that cinemas were okay, and that was a short period of time. And we went back into lockdown. And I'm talking like when we're free and we're properly free to go back out and do whatever. I think people would much prefer to spend money and make it a day out and go cinema than to sit inside. And I could imagine that once we're allowed back out again, even if it's a temporary blip i think a lot of people will get rid of their subscriptions which should therefore have a downfall effect on the films that are on there probably not much but it probably would yeah i i think that is true i think people will yeah not have as many subscription services but i also think um, i've heard a lot of people saying that as of when we're allowed back out they're going to do all these types of things which makes me believe that less people have less time for the tvs of the world that's interesting that's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. That's interesting topic actually, because I remember us saying, or me saying, a few months ago that I was concerned for the future of cinema because I feel like people would have gotten used to watching stuff at home, so then they wouldn't want to go to cinema even when they're open. But obviously now we've been locked down for so long, people might be thinking, I really I mean, do want to get out 
yeah. TV kind of thing. So yes, two different two sides of a coin. Because for me, like I'm a lover of watching film. I love watching films, but like you get in a bit of a funk where you're like, mm, I've had enough films now. In terms of like watching them consistently, you want to get out and about, have a walk. Like I don't know. Like for me, like as soon as we're allowed to go on holiday again, I want to be on holiday. Not saying that stops me from watching film because at night you still put on the TV, don't you, and stuff. But like, I don't know. I don't know if I'll be so. I I sort of feel. Like in this time might be like oh that extra necessity for when I can move out after this lockdown maybe shouldn't be paying the eight the ten the thirteen pounds the next. It's a yeah. lot. Even though you get, I know you get a lot for for your money. It is still quite a lot of money every month. Fifteen quid, I suppose, not too much, is it? But on top of every other bill, probably. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's. A, um, it'd be good, you know, if anyone's listening and wants to kind of chip in with where they sit, you know, I think Chris and I put, you know, different views across. But um, Obi, I mean, you've been a bit silent. What's your opinion on on Wait, this? I, I don't disagree with you. I'm just trying to throw things out there to. Oh yeah, and I agree with a lot of your points as well, Chris. Um, I, I, if it was me, I would be releasing during the pandemic. I would be releasing things on streaming yeah. services just so you don't have a build up. Because, yeah. like you, you know, like you said, if people will get people will get sick of going to the cinema or watching films, you know, they'll be like, "I can't go to the cinema four times a week just to see everything that's released." Um, but sure. yeah, Obi, not asking you to necessarily agree with either me or Chris, but what are your thoughts? Um, if you don't agree with me, I'm kicking you out of this. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, <laughs> I think if I look at it from two different perspectives, I think when you look at it from Disney's perspective. I don't think it makes... Obviously, in terms of timeline, it makes sense for them to release stuff on streaming. In terms of money that they'll make, it probably doesn't make that much sense. I don't know how much money Mulan made when they released it um, for $30, uh, the access, whatever. I don't know how much money that made. But I don't think it was a lot. So, obviously, MCU and and Mulan is different. But going by that model, you're probably going to make far, far less, I think, releasing it on streaming, even if you do do early access $30, than if you were to bring it out in the cinema. Um, thinking apparently it, it made $70 sorry, dollars, by the way. How much? It made $70 million US dollars, apparently. $70 million. First thing that comes on Google when I type it in, it says box office $70 million USD. So, yeah, that's pretty... That's pretty terrible. <laughs> and that's a film that I would have expected to do big numbers because, like, the Asian market is, is so so huge. Obviously, I don't know what number... I don't even know if Disney Plus was out in the Asian market at that time. But I digress. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, you get to the point now where it has been so long that we've gone without MCU movie that I feel like the first thing they release will probably do big numbers because it has been so long. So from that perspective, I th- I think Disney, it would make more sense for Disney to release their stuff in cinemas. But then obviously you get the time, the worries about the timeline. So then you get into the, like you were saying, going about having to possibly delay the TV shows because one thing leads into another and stuff like that. Um, from my perspective, um, personally, um, I think that you we are getting to the point now where if they keep having to delay stuff, they probably should put it out on streaming. Um, because otherwise, like you say, things will build up. And obviously people like me, people like you, people like Chris, I, I'm i sure all of us would go and watch whatever they put out if they were to release like six films, eight films in a year. But like your general movie girl, which probably makes up a larger percentage of um, the revenue that they make, is not going to go to cinema to see eight Marvel films in a year, most likely. Mm, yeah. um, Can I just um, say also, like Chris, you, you know, you said... Um, as soon as we're allowed, you'll be going on holiday. I think, again, for we, as although we're called your average critics, uh, that's more of a comment on our uh, understanding of film, not how much we love film. It's you know, so for the average film goer who maybe goes every couple of months or something, I imagine for a lot of people, particularly depending on the time of year that we're allowed back to normality. People will be going, right, fuck it, I'm going abroad or I'm going to a restaurant or, mm. you know, yeah. I'm going to go and watch um, Arsenal lose at uh, West Brom, you know, something like that. 
um, <laughs> rather than rather than what showcase showing or view or you know. Mm. Um, yeah, so I, I do take that point, um, and I agree. You know, I think cinema uh, studios will make a lot more money releasing these films in a COVID-free world. But we also don't know how long the lasting effects are. You know, we've said before, are cinema chains even going to be able to open yeah. all their sites? Um, yeah. Are they? Are people going to be... Pe- there is still going to be a, a long-lasting fear from a lot of people. Do I want to be sitting next to someone I don't know? Mm. Will they still have... I mean, when we saw Tenet, it was like you had to have two seats in between each group of people. Mm. Um, there's all of these factors. And I think... Certainly for Disney, um, and probably HBO Max with Warners as well. I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of the financing, but that, I presume, is a proprietary service, right? So it's fully owned by Disney. So once they've set up the initial structure of the streaming service, basically, and in similar to Netflix, basically your monthly subscription is just an ongoing kind of thing that you can bank. Whether you attribute you know, X amount to a certain film. I don't know. But, you know, Netflix have been going strong for quite a while now, and they do spend hundreds of millions of dollars um, on one kind of series or film, and they still seem to be profitable enough to carry on doing that. Um, And, you know, I think if you're getting 200 million subscribers a year, uh, sorry, if you're on 200 million subscribers and say, I don't know what the average or the median price is, but 200 times, for argument's sake, $9.99. I don't know. That's like $2 billion a month they're getting. So I think, yes, you're not going to get a billion dollars, but you're not going to break billion and a half for Eternals, which you might have done. But I also think there will be savings in terms of not having to do the print to mm. send out to cinemas or however they do it now. Advertising costs, you don't really need to advertise majorly if you're putting it on a streaming service. You can just do a few like social media polls or word of mouth or whatever. You know, mm. you don't have to extensively advertise on TV and in cinemas. Um, and also, you know, if you buy a ticket to Eternals for £13 or whatever it is, um, not all of that money is going to Disney anyway. So, and I don't know the, the breakdown of how much does go back. So, I don't know. Maybe if you spend two hundred million dollars on a film, you don't necessarily. If you're releasing it on your own streaming service, you might not have to recoup that much back. I don't know. Mm. But but like I said, it, there's so many different layers to this, and you know. I think ultimately, hopefully, all the studios will think we just need to keep with cinemas once they're able to. Yeah. Anyone else want to have a last word on before we? No, I'm cool. I think you've said you guys have done a good job of uh, representing both sides of the argument. To be fair. Yeah, I'm all good. Perfect. Um. Can I just like, yes. ask? Can I just do one more thing before um, we get into one division? So, because yes. this one just makes me curious. Um, so, Warner Brothers have appointed um, executive Tom Ashom to oversee and expand Harry Potter franchise. So, I just wanted to ask you guys a question: What would you want to see if they were going to expand Harry Potter from what we already have? Dumbledore. I'd like to know more about him and his little ventures. So like a prequel sort of thing? Yeah, and also another prequel, uh, maybe a bit more about the... Um, oh, flip. What's the last book called? Uh, Death Child. Oh. Deathly Hallows. Oh. Okay. So maybe more, maybe have a more in-depth story about the Deathly Hallows. Okay. That'd be really short because mm. the adventures were gone. Or who takes on each Deathly Hallow mm. after the original three... Go, I don't know. And then the only other thing I could think of off the top of my head is maybe about Voldemort. Mm. And this TV series based around Voldemort might be interesting. I don't know. So would you not want to see anything? So the things you mentioned, I feel like I like prequel stuff. So would you not want to see anything after Harry Potter's business? Well, so if they really want to adapt the uh, Cursed Child book, then I'd happily 
be for it, but mm. I, it's, I don't think there's any need to, but then you could do, you could mm. do. I don't, and if you do say it like, oh, they resurrected Voldemort like a thousand years later or some bollocks like that, I just don't give a shit. Mm. Really think that. But that's just me. Fair enough. Sure, there's diehard fans who would actually adore that kind of scenario. Glim? Um, I'm not that bothered about it, to be honest. I, um, I mean, I'm trying to think, you know, I loved the Harry Potter books and the films are alright. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if the wizarding world is quite as rich as other properties where there's loads of spin-off potential. Mm. Obviously Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, all of those, you know, there's been a, a Game of Thrones even. There's been like a, a lot of effort into the history and mythology of those worlds. I don't know if Harry Potter is quite as rich. Um, mm-hmm. You've got the Beau Batons, which I think is the French school. Would yeah. I watch a film about French Harry Potter? No. Um, <laughs> so, well, um, so, One of the things I was going to say that I like about Fantastic Beasts is the expansion into like America. And obviously you've got their version of, you know, all the magic stuff. So if they wanted to do, if they did do an expansion, I think it would be interesting to explore other parts of the world. Obviously, maybe it might not be as interesting to some if it's just about like Bobatons or whatever. But I don't know. Even if there's maybe like another, um, another school, like not, not Hogwarts, but like the American version of Hogwarts, I think would be, would be interesting. Yeah, I think then you just get into Harry Potter, but in America. Okay. You know, fair enough. I, I don't know. That again, that's me being cynical. But I feel like um, them uh, Warner Brothers appointing someone to oversee the Harry Potter franchise. I think them doing that, but for the DCEU would probably have been a better idea. That is fair. I want to talk about that in a second, actually. But just quickly, um, the things that I would like to see. Um, so I think if I was going to do like a prequel series, I would like to see. Um, like the birth of the four Hogwarts houses, like Salazar, Scytherin, Barini, Wavenclaw, all them lot. I think that'd, oh, be, yeah. that'd be interesting. I'd watch that. Um, I think I would also like to see maybe one set in present day, or maybe one set in like a similar time to where Harry Potter is, but around people who are like in Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff, because we don't really hear about anyone in those houses until maybe maybe like Cedric Diggory, basically, um, and that's pretty much it. Obviously, the focus of the main focus of the Harry Potter films is on um, Gryffindor and Slytherin, so maybe something about them, or maybe something about because you obviously have the the um, traditional archetype where if you're a Gryffindor, you're a good person; if you're in Slytherin, you're a bad person. Maybe a ser- something where a series or a film where there are people in Slytherin who are good, and there are people in Gryffindor who are bad. So, like, yeah. not everything's just good and evil. Like, there are there is some nuance to people in different houses. I think that'd be that'd be interesting. I'd also maybe have liked to have seen, you know, see something about Malfoy because across the eight films, I think that he gets like no screen time. He doesn't have loads to do. Yeah, in, in films like from films like three to six, he lit, maybe actually no, all of the Phoenix he's got a bit to do. Um, no, is it all of the Phoenix? No, Half Blood Prince. Sorry, I think he's got something to do. But there's like three films where he gets like one scene each, and he, then he doesn't have to do he doesn't do anything for it. And I'm just like they really yeah. shortchanged him in these series. Yeah. So yeah, I agree with that. Well, yeah, I'm not so often. I was just yeah, fair enough. I just think I saw. I was just curious to see what you guys thought. Um, but do you yeah. want to touch on DC then? Because I saw you tweet something earlier. Yeah, okay. so I was watching. I watched Man of Steel yesterday, um, which a film I like more and more every time I watch it. Um, and it's when we think about like how they did the wider uh, DCEU. And I know we... Cu- well, I'm more of a defender of how they uh, decided to produce the films than most people, because obviously we know the general Marvel... Uh, what's the word? Marvel um, method, I guess. They put out individual films, Origin, 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 then they bring out the Avengers, which obviously trying to test the method is successful. DC didn't decide to do go a different route and just do one film and then Batman, Superman, and then Wonder Woman, and then Justice League. Um, and I was like, kind of like a defender of that. Um, but watching back 
these films, I do think that they would have been it would have been better had they gone a different route and they had done maybe done like a um origins for people and so we could get a bit more attached to characters before they decide to team them up or um or kill them in <laughs> in um Superman's case. So like I just tweeted that the way that I would have done the films is I would have done a Man of Steel, then a Batman film, then a Man of Steel two, just so we have like uh Superman is kind of like solidified as a character as like a character that we that we love and then you kill them off in Batman v Superman rather than just having one Superman film and then you kill him in the next film. Um Who would be a who would be a good good enough villain though to play against Superman in Superman two though? Um I don't know, I imagine he's got a lot of, I don't know. Um Brainiac maybe? I am not sure. Someone someone like that maybe. I don't know. Um I don't really I'm not I'm not well very well versed in Superman villains in fairness. Um but I imagine there's somebody, you know? Um and then yeah, so then I would have done Batman v Superman and then Wonder Woman Flash Cyborg. Then I would have done a Justice League one. Justice League Part One. And then obviously done your big Infinity War, the villain wins that moment. And then in between that have a Suicide Squad, then do a Justice League Part Two, which is your end game, and then do Aquaman and Shazam and Birds of Prey. Um, I feel like those three films, even though I enjoy all of them to some to certain degrees, I feel like they should have they could have and should have come after we had like our bigger DC moments and like looking at this this is I don't know like just over like maybe 12 films in the space of 7 years like I feel like would have been very doable compared to like Marvel who do who were doing 3 films a year consistently for 10 years basically wasn't it they did all this in this kind of order they skipped loads of films they wanted to do because they were trying to keep up though with the pace of Marvel because they were so behind I mean you we could say that but like I feel like you didn't you don't need to or you didn't need to have been bothered with what Marvel are doing, if anything, it's better for DC if Marvel films are successful. Because if people are going and seeing how successful Marvel films are, you're, the average moviegoer is going to think, oh, this superhero film is really good. I wonder what this, super, this DC superhero film is like. I feel like you're more likely to go and see a DC film if the Marvel film is really good. If it's, if an average moviegoer goes to a Marvel film and you're like, oh, yeah, this superhero film, these are shit, you're not going to go and see a DC film. You're like, oh, it's another superhero film, these are shit. Do you know what I mean? That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, I just feel like I was just ha- I was just having a thought yesterday after I watched Man of Steel. I was thinking like I feel like they could have obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, but I feel like they could have done much more with this universe than they than they have done. Um, I'm curious to know with after they do the Flash film if they're gonna how they're gonna plan it out again. If that makes sense, if they're gonna try and try and build another universe, or if they're just gonna keep doing their individual individual film thing. But yeah. Anyway. Cool. Um, is the Flash film ever going to come out? Well, it's been... They've got a writer, um, and they've been saying films, stuff like, oh, um, what's his face? Michael Keaton's going to be in it, Ben Affleck's going to be in it, so I think it's going to happen. <laughs> but when? I have no idea. <laughs> okay. Well, let's move on to WandaVision. Um, episode three. Um, only... I think it was like 28 minutes long in the end, um, with another 45 minute credit sequence. Um, <laughs> going to be saying at the end, I waited for the whole six minutes. Up. No, I've stopped waiting now because I know there's not going to be. No. <laughs> I fast forward it, um, and if I if I don't see anything, I'm like, uh. um, so episode Wait, three. Before you crack on, I just want to go on your point that you asked in the chat, or you said that you are more hyped to watch the next episode of WandaVision than you were for Mandalorian. Yeah. I agree and I like disagree because I feel like the hype is different for both. I feel like the Mandalorian hype is different because you want to watch the Mandalorian, but we know what the end goal is of the Mandalorian or WandaVision. Mm. We have fucking clue what's going on. So we kind of find out what's going on. So I feel like they're different. They're different wanting to to see the next episode. Yeah. You've literally hit the nail on the head with what I was thinking. Um, So... For me, yeah, it is the mystery of WandaVision that you're like, but basically it's the B plot at the moment. Um, yeah. You know, the last two, three minutes of each episode. Um, and it just makes you want to watch more because they're just like slowly pulling back the curtain, like little by little. Um, whereas The Mandalorian, um, which my criticism of the first season was more that each episode, it was. I know it's stupid to say it, but it is more episodic. It was like each episode was sort of self-contained, a large, you know, 
was generally about Grogu or where he ends up. So mm. it wasn't like there wasn't like cliffhangers necessarily at the Mandalorian, um, whereas One Division is. And you're, I get frustrated in a good way that um, I have to wait another seven days for it to come out. Mm. Um, I feel like when the last episode released i might try and binge it just to sort of make sure it's all fresh in my mind but um, oh, oh okay right yeah got you sorry so that, that's sorry. that's why i i'm saying i'm more hyped for the next episode of one division and and more wish it was released as a binge watch um, i like i like the fact that it's i i, I think i just i think after the game of thrones finish we kind of like did for ages we didn't really have TV where we could all like they call it water cooling TV like where you can talk about it each week with people because um, obviously when you binge stuff you I can be on episode seven you can be on episode two like it's harder to talk about it socially like as a community whereas mm. I feel like um, a lot of things that I like to do when I watch TV is like go on social media and see what people are saying about it so I think it's better and it's better to interact with other people like as a social thing if we're all watching the same thing week to week. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's true because. I probably would, you know, I tend to watch it early on a Friday, and mm. then I know obviously you guys evidently work a lot harder than I do. So on a Friday, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like waiting till like dinner time for you to have watched it. But um, so episode three, um, we saw at the end of episode two, um, Wanda kind of immaculate conception, mm. um, become pregnant, and the scene changes from uh, black and white to color. So most of this episode is concerned with. Wanda's increasingly um, rapid um, gestation, for want of a better word. Um, you've got kind of the kind of, uh, I guess, marital comedy with like Vision not, not really knowing what's going on and how it's happening so quickly. And mm. he's freaking out and he starts levitating and, you know, sort of the man not, not being able to cope with it, even though it's the woman who's, you know, suffering and having to, to be mm. pregnant. Um, mm. You then have, obviously, the Doctor. Uh, so you start, there's a little hint in this episode of um, the wider Westview community maybe clocking on a bit. Like, uh, it's more difficult for Wonder and Vision to keep a hold of their powers. I mean, the Doctor being like, how are you already this far along? Um, what are they clocking on to, do you think? I think that Wonder and Vision might not be as uh, quote-unquote normal as uh, they present themselves to be. Um, so, quickly, skipping ahead, sorry, to like nearish to the end, um, when the two neighbours are talking about stuff, and obviously Vision's like, what are they talking about? And it turns out they're talking about Geraldine. Like, what do you think, what do you think that, because obviously the assumption uh, is that I... they're talking about Vision and Wanda, but they're actually talking about Geraldine, so what do you think that, that means? I think every person, I think they're both actors. I think, I thought that only one person was an actor and the rest were incept, incepted in there mm. to, like, to like get her out and they've just been caught in the whirlwind. But I, I, I've got a few are actors and I don't know, that doesn't really make sense either, does it? Well, I think you're onto something there because the quote from Shakespeare that Vision says, he says, all well, the whole world's a stage and we're all just players or something along those lines, mm. which is basically, you know, saying that if you shrink it down to a microcosm, Westview is a stage and everyone in it is an actor. Mm. But clearly Vision is the only person who isn't quite uh, clocking on to what's going on. And I found that bit really interesting and also very frustrating that um, Catherine Hahn's character and um, the the neighbour were chatting and just like hinting at something but yeah. i was also, i was we we as the audience were like vision being like i don't know what you're talking about yeah and they're like geraldine has no home um she doesn't belong here and also if you look at the way the the shot each um if you look either side of wanda's house the the background is quite clear well to me it looked quite clearly painted um and i think that was intentional because it it looks like it was a set um, mm. which adds more to the kind of growing assumption which is revealed at the end that this is sort of like in its own bubble and mm. constructed. Um, you know, I found it funny when the neighbour was drilling through the wall and he was like, 
uh, you're drilling through my wall. And he just carries on. He's like, yep, <laughs> I am. Yeah. <laughs> I just found that so funny. Um, and then, yeah, so Geraldine comes. Uh, Wanda tries to hide she's pregnant, but can't because her water then breaks um, and is giving birth. And then spots uh, the, sh- the sword logo on Geraldine's mm. necklace. And then it's like, what's that? Um, Wanda ends up having twins, which I th- I thought was you know interesting. And then she goes, I am a twin, or I was a twin. And then doesn't Geraldine say like, oh yeah, didn't Ultron kill Pietro? Yeah, well, no, she says I had a twin brother. His name was Pietro. And then she says, wasn't he killed by Ultron? Which I thought yeah. was kind of sick. I was like, oh shit, what's going on now? That's like the first time they've acknowledged that since the Age of Ultron. Yeah, pretty much. So, um, and then she ends up yeeting uh, Geraldine out of her bubble. Mm. Um, so quickly, what, what I thought was that, um, so when, oh, it's kind of happened simultaneously, so it probably wasn't this, but I thought when Wanda was becoming suspicious of Geraldine, that's when the neighbours started becoming suspicious of Geraldine. So it's kind of like her mind um, formulating everyone in the, in the neighbourhood to kind of, like, identifying the virus kind of thing and see, like, yeah, let's get this virus out. If that makes any sense. That's proper clever, you know. That's the, I think that's, you know what, I think that's probably spot on. I'd agree, yeah. Yeah, yeah I didn't think of that, but I, that's a good point. Because it's uh, kind of similar to the time when, uh, I know it's not, no, take it back. But I do agree, I think that's a real good point, actually, because Vision goes outside as she's talking to her, doesn't she, so. Yeah, also, um, uh, we can, we'll be jumping around, but do you think, or, how should I phrase this? Has Vision ever displayed super speed before? Or is he inhibiting Pietro's power in Wanda's mind? I don't know, actually. Because I, I, obviously Vision can fly and levitate, yeah. but I don't remember him ever being super quick. And that reminded me of Quicksilver. It could be, but I, the thing I took from it was that Vision can't fly outside because obviously his secret identity. So his, his alternative is I'm just going to run really fast. Fair. That's just yeah. what I thought of it, but I don't know. Yeah. Good point. Good point again. To be fair, mm, mm. Um, I don't know if he has super speed, but if he can fly as fast, I assume he can move. I assume he can. I assume he can move faster than the average human. So yeah, because he's a machine, isn't it? So yeah. Mm. Chris, what are your thoughts generally about the episode and and uh, kind of yeah. what it reveals? Um, the episode was alright, it was good. Um, nothing too like wow about it. Um, the ending was probably the key focal point of which we see the twins, uh, or twins, uh, we mentioned Petra, like you said, and the neighbours chatting away. Um, don't think there was too many Easter eggs either. The only things I saw were, uh, the Hydra soap and... That's a Agents of Shield Easter egg. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. So in Agents, sorry, just to, uh, <laughs> Detail really quickly. Um, that, that when they put the thing inside um, the the pills or something accidentally. They put the the what inside the what? No, just Karen, Karen, Karen. Oh, sorry. Um, so in Agents of Shield, I think season five or maybe season four, um, everybody gets entered into this thing called the framework, which is basically like an alternate reality. And in this alternate reality, um, Hydra um, is like head of everything. So so like um, Shield is Hydra and um, uh, and Shield are like the bad guys, basically. And um, Cole, Phil Coulson is in there, and basically he figures out that um, Hydra are using their soap to to control people's minds. <laughs> and oh, so he he has like a joke where he says, "Oh, so now I make my own soap." <laughs> yeah. So it's good, like that's that's um, the little link there. Obviously, it could just be a thing to do with Hydra. But I found that really funny because obviously yeah. that's the only other time I've heard about Hydra soap was in that in that episode. But yeah, anyway, sorry. Yeah, um, but like as an episode as a whole, it's again like I wasn't too like this is amazing. I mean, it's a different era. It's based on a different sitcom again, which is the I assume is going to be the regular throughout the whole series. Mm. Um, I was like, like oh my god, she got knocked out. There's loads of secret agents that have gone around her with a gun, which alarmed me a little bit. And then you obviously see the massive barrier around something mm. is getting flung out. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued for the next episode, but like as an episode the whole, I don't think there was too much to go on bar the last like five minutes. There was the thing where, um, 
uh, where Vision starts questioning what's going on, and Wanda rewinds time again. That was this episode, right? She rewinds it again. Yeah. I I thought my thing had skipped. <laughs> yeah, so did I. So did I. I thought that as well. I thought it was quite clever how they've done it differently this time mm. round. But what was he? T- what did he start talking about? It was like um, I think it was because she was getting pregnant. So f- no, it was the, it was two things. She was getting pregnant really fast, and it was the thing with the neighbor earlier with the chainsaw. So then he comes inside and he's like, something's not right. Because um, he's talked about how uh, about her being pregnant. And he says, blah 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 blah. Yeah, something's not right. And then she rewinds it. And then he says something like along the lines of, oh, um, to comfort her basically about her being pregnant, blah, blah, instead of, instead of saying before, like he, he thought something was wrong. So yeah, that was, that was interesting. So I'm just, I'm just curious to see how, when they're going to reveal how much, um, control Wanda has over everything that's happening in this. So I don't, I'm curious to know if it's, when they're going to reveal if it's someone doing something to her or if it's her doing something that's affecting everything. Yeah, I think um, she's definitely losing control. Mm. I don't know if it was because she was pregnant. Um, but yeah, you know, she wasn't able to necessarily kind of hide the stalk or stop the pictures from spinning. And mm. um, yeah, there's it, it, this episode was a lot more contained. It was pretty much just bar the last scene. It was all within the house and the front garden, whereas before it's been kind of Vision's office as well or mm. the bandstand where they had the, the show mm. so it's yeah it's def- what I quite like is there's a touch of like horror I feel running through it in like the kind of uncanny something strange is going on here mm. that to me that's that's like resonating with me I'm like yeah I like those little touches um, it's sort of a bit like do you remember the, um, I think it was the trailer for Get Out, where the woman who's, I think, the maid, she sort of like twists her head and she's like, you know, that, that sort of like, mm, some, I, I'm sort of aware something's going wrong here. Yeah. Um, that sort of vibe I got from this. Mm. Um, and I think I agree with you, Chris. Like the, the A plot, which is like the, the sitcom, it's fine. Like, it is funny, but it's not like, you know, if it was just that, I wouldn't carry on watching it. But what they do is they hook you right at the end um, with something a little bit more, a little more nugget of information. Mm. Um, and then you're like, oh, I've got to carry on watching. <laughs> um, so I think they, I think Marvel are doing well in that regard. If I had to guess, I would say, so I think, so was it episode one was 50s, episode two 60s, now we're 70s, 80s. So I reckon episode five is when we get is when they stop the sitcom facade, I guess, and we we go into full blown the world's falling apart because Wanda's doing X Y Z. I reckon. Mm. I wonder. If, I think. Oh, sorry. Go. Uh, I was going to say I wonder if the sitcom part will kind of get shorter and the the uh, monitoring sword part of it will get a bit longer each episode. Mm. I, I think Paul Bettany said the last. Even the last two episodes is like a, basically like a film, so I reckon we're setting ourselves up for something potentially really big. I hope anyway. Um, another thing I was just going to say was that it, I found it interesting. I think the doctor he said he was going to go on holiday with his wife, mm. and then after Vision picked him up and dropped him back off, he said something along the lines of, um, "Oh yeah, we're not going on holiday anymore because we're stuck here." And I'm just. I'm asking this question again because I'm trying to think of it in my mind. I'm not sure. Do you think these people are figments of um, of um, Wanda's imagination, or do you think they're just people who have been sucked into Wanda? Real people who have been sucked into Wanda's uh, fantasy. I would say the latter. I mm. think I would think they're real people um, who are just sort of like, well, what is going on here? But then, mm. in that regard, if you're kind of Catherine Hahn's character, is Agnes. Yeah. Would she not be like, how has your house changed three times in the last three days? Um, yeah. And, you know, how am I dressed differently? I don't, yeah. it, it is something strange. Also, I don't know if you've noticed, but, um, and this, I've got a credit, I think there was a Screen Rant article that I read, but considering the talent, the um, fundraiser in the last episode was for the children, mm-hmm. uh, the twins that Wanda gives birth to are the first children we see in yeah. the whole series. 
Yeah. I don't know if there's if there's anything to read into about that. Um, Possibly. But yeah, the mis the their mystery deepens. Um, cheers, Chris. Uh, I don't think we'll be talking too much longer. But um, is there anything you want to say on One Division before you depart, Chris? No. Uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> <That's not. laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, from the comics, I think aren't the twins Wiccan and Speed? I think that's their names. Yeah, I did hear something to that effect. Um, I didn't pay too much attention to it. To be fair, I thought there was going to be something in the fact that um, maybe the names were Tommy and Billy. I thought I thought maybe they obviously you said their names are. Wiccan and whatever, so um, I thought maybe those those two names are Easter eggs, but apparently not. So. Well, I was reading, um, I think it was a Screen Rant article, either that or Collider, um, that there's there, there's similarities with this series to a, a certain comic arc um, that Wanda has, um, where basically when she stops believing in this reality, the twins essentially die mm. um, because she stops believing in them. And then it's later that they come back um, through some magical means as Wiccan and Speed. So I don't know how far they'll be um, following that. There was a thing. I think I read something related to that in that um, the way those twins are brought back is through like the power of like a demon or something like that. And then that demon is supposed to be um, so the husband of the character that this Agnes woman is based on. I think her name is Agnes. Um, so I think she's she's involved in this, in some sort of deeper fashion. I think than we all are yet to see. I think mm. from what from what I've been hearing online anyway. But obviously we're yet to see that yet. I'm just, I feel like there's just so many loose like little threads and plots that I feel like in in maybe two three episodes of time it's all going to come together. We're going to be like oh shit this is really what's what's happening. So it, I feel like. I don't know if I'm setting myself up for a disappointment, but I am like quite hyped up in that. I feel like something big's about to happen, um, and I feel like the TV show does a good way of just dropping like little hints that obviously some more sinister stuff is ha- is going on. And they do, like you say, they do do a good way of um, leaving things on a cliffhanger to the point where you're like, oh, I really want to know what's going on now. So I'm going to keep tuning in next week and the week after that. Um, so yeah, they've done well in that regard. I yeah, think. agreed. And, um, you know, there's already there's also some like casting news that was released before the series that we haven't seen yet. So there was Randall Park's character from Ant-Man. I think he was some sort of agent. So he's um, so he's his voice was the voice that you heard in episode two with the guy on the radio saying, wonder who's doing this to you. That's Randall Park. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then also Darcy. Um, from yeah, the Thor films. She's she was cast in it and uh, hasn't appeared yet. Yeah, is um, she working for Sword as well? Or? I imagine so. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's, there's also like I don't know if I'm again reading too much into the acting, but um, the the actress who plays Geraldine slash Monica Rambeau, um, when she sort of mentioned Ultron. She sort of looked a bit surprised, as if, like, I sort of got the impression that she was like, hmm, how did I know that information? So I don't yeah. know, when she goes into the bubble, how much she remembers from what she, yeah. is her mission from the outside. Because yeah. there was also a, a, a point about when she is first seen at the Jamboree thing, she, um, she says, like, says, I don't know how I got here or something like that. Yeah, but she also yeah. doesn't say her name until she touches Wanda's hand. Ah, okay. So Wanda says, I'm Wanda, and then they shake hands, and she goes, I'm Geraldine. Okay. So again, I don't know how much Wanda is able to influence. Maybe there's mm-hmm. like a, a a tussle between uh, what Monica Rambeau's mission is and her mind, yeah. and then how much Wanda's influencing that. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, sorry. No, no, no. That's no, I think it is, I think what you're saying is the case. I think that she obviously she's gone into they set her a mission saying find out what's happening kind of thing. She's gone to her mind and it's been consumed by everything that Wanda's doing. So she's completely forgotten who she is and what she's supposed to be doing there. And then obviously her saying Pietro triggered something in Monica's brain. She's like, oh, that 
that might be something that I actually know he was cooked by Ultra, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. And then, obviously, Wanda spotted that and she was like, nah, get the fuck out, kind of thing. <laughs> so, I'm, cu- I'm curious to know, because I think in the trailer, they were supposed to, they might, cut, they might cut this out, but in the trailer, um, you see Monica Rambeau and she's in a car and I think it's like a policeman or someone says, like, uh, what are you doing here? And she says, I don't know, I don't know. So, I'm wondering if they're going to send her back in. Um, yeah. Into, into Wanda's mind. So, I'm yeah. curious to see how, that, how that's going to play out. Do you feel like um, we're going to get um, like cameos from Aaron Taylor-Johnson or maybe Evan Peters' version of Quicksilver? <coughs> and if Evan Peters' version, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be a massive kick in the teeth to Aaron Taylor-Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, um, he has played Quicksilver in more films than Aaron Taylor-Johnson. That is true. That is true. Um, but his name's not... What's his name, what's his name in X-Men? Peter, probably. I don't know. Is it, is it Peter? I can't remember what the fuck is that. I'll try and Google it. Yeah. Might be Peter, actually. Can't remember. His last name is, is still Maximoff in it, but I can't remember what his first name is. Um, what's the second film called? Days of Future Past. Yeah. Um, yeah, or do you think we'll see... Um, so either one of them and or um, Doctor Strange? Because if it links into the Multiverse of Madness, I wonder if he'll kind of pop up at the end or something. Yeah. Um, hmm. Do I hope it will happen? Yes. Do I hope there's a cameo from from I suppose any MCU character that we know? I think that would be really cool, especially if it was if it was an X Men character. I think that'd be hilarious. Um, do I think it will happen? I reckon. I reckon no. I'm leaning more towards no. Um, I think there'll just be hints of of um, Doctor Strange's involvement in this I think there'll be hints of it but I don't think we'll actually see him I think it'd be really cool if we did but I don't think we do Anthony Johnson I think there's probably more of a chance of him just popping up because why not but um, even then I don't know I don't know I think it would be interesting for the series if he if he did and maybe she kind of like makes him up again in his character and then by the end of it she has to lose him because she has to come out of the fantasy that'd be interesting but I'm not sure if they're actually going to do that. I'm curious though. I think I would I would appreciate it if they did though. Mm. He um he is Peter Maximoff. Oh, he's Peter. Okay. Yeah. Um. I I sort of hope that they will um. I hope that they will do a, like a post credit scene at the end of One Division to link to Doctor Strange too. Mm. Um. I read also that. Originally, there was going to be a post-credit scene of Endgame that links into One Division, but they cut it. So, oh. I think that that would have built so much hype, but you would have had to wait so long for it. Mm. Um, I, I want to ask you a question. Um, obviously, we're like su- we're like super deep into like we we all love MCU. I like mean, Chris. Um, so we're gonna watch this series because it does lead into MCU. I was talking to my my older sister. Um, who is an MCU fan, but like not as big as us? She said she was watching WandaVision and she had no idea. She didn't like it. She had because she had no idea what was going on. So my question is: Do you think general moviegoers, casual MCU fans, casual um, Disney Plus viewers, do you think they will will like this show? I feel like yes, because it does work well as an average sitcom mm. um so you know it, it does it does that part of it well enough it is funny um you can certainly see where it's been influenced from um you know, other sitcoms i also just want to shout out the aspect ratio change at the end of this episode it did yeah like that um but also i mean we don't know what's going on either yeah so you know to, I, I feel like this isn't a criticism of your sister, <laughs> but I feel like to watch something and be like, I don't want to carry on just because I don't know what's going on. Like, I think that's not, you know, to think that someone who's more into the the films and the law would get it. It's not necessarily mm. the case. Maybe if you knew the comics, you would have an idea of where it might go. Mm. Um, but we don't. Um, but I guess also to that extent, you will get some people who are, like I said, I, I'm frustrated, but in a positive way, because it wants me to, it makes me want to watch it more. Whereas for your sister or other people, they might think there's not enough for them to go on. Yeah. Um, and there's certainly been shows or films 
for me where I've started and been like, for whatever reason, I'm not getting enough to carry on. Yeah. So there is a balancing act. Um, I think I feel like this this series might benefit from uh, another boost after Doctor Strange two, depending on what's in that film, because you know there might be references and people be like, oh, do you know what? Maybe I do need to watch One Division. Yeah. And then go back and be like, yep, okay, that makes sense. I agree. Um, I am just wondering, like, if this uh, if this series is good, because obviously like, I was thinking about Loki, so Loki's already got planning or doing a season two before season one's even come out. Do you think if people enjoy this series, do you think they could even do a season two of this? Or would even do a season two of this? Um, no, mm. I think, I think Loki's different because I think there's a sense that the Loki series might be a divergent timeline anyway, because obviously, um, isn't he dead in like the, the normal timeline? It was only because he, yeah, because he died in Infinity War. Yeah, sorry, Glenn, can I, again, sorry, I'm going to interrupt you really quickly, yeah? So, um, I, this is in Spanish, I don't know why, but anyway, I, um, I, I don't know what's wrong with my phone yet, but I did Google Wondering just to see uh, what the score was on Rotten Tomatoes, 94%, by the way. Um, and so, funnily, just a funny thing, it come up in, for some reason, it come up in Spanish, it says Bruja Escalata y Vision, anyway. Um, oh, but, what? I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what's wrong with my Bruja phone. Bruja Escalata, wow, we'll be in. <laughs> And then um, I just scrolled down uh, to the cast, and it does have Evan Peters in it. <laughs> Shit. So I don't know what that means. Damn. Well, that could be rumoured. Actually, just... it's on his Wikipedia page as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Oh, that's a spoiler, man. I wish we had looked at look now. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, if they do that, that's, that's sick. That's very yeah. sick. If they're yeah. going to do that to introduce, uh, to try and get X-Men in, I think that's very sick. Raw, raw on Aaron Taylor-Johnson. But... <laughs> But that is sick. I, so now that I've seen that, I hope they do it, because that'll be jokes. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Sorry, um, I think what you're saying. I interrupted you rudely. No, that's all right. Um, what was I saying? Um, oh, yeah, about one of them being uh, season two. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, so Loki died in Infinity War. Yeah. The only reason he's alive again in Endgame is because they went back in time and he stole the Tesseract. Yeah. So to me, that is a different diverging timeline mm. which you can basically do whatever you want with which is sort of what they're going to do with Loki so I feel like the potential for multiple seasons of that is richer than Division, which is essentially bridging a gap yeah. or fleshing out her character I mean we're presuming that Vision is going to still be dead after this um, series so well then- well um, we never really got an answer to because um, obviously in Infinity War Shuri is working on something to do with Vision's consciousness or whatever um, so we never really got an answer to whether or not she succeeded with that that's true so there might be something to do with that that might make him so at least, so it's at least Paul Bettany maybe it's not Vision but maybe it's Paul Bettany I don't know true I just yeah I don't I think, well, if they do a season two, which I don't think they will, I can't mm. imagine it would follow the same. It wouldn't still be a sitcom, I don't think, because they're, yeah. just, because they're already doing a decade an episode. Um, mm. So, yeah, I think I think Marvel needs to be pretty clear whether they're just limited series or if they're hoping for sequel potential. Because, yeah. um, again, I don't know with regards to Falcon and Winter Soldier... Whether again, is that just bridging a narrative gap? Mm. Because again, like if you, if, you know, that season happens and then they're appearing and going off in other films, but then, you know, every couple of years they meet back up for a series. I don't know if it would work quite as well. I think Loki, because of his position in the, I guess, main thread of the timeline, mm. that's over. So, um, yeah, he can sort of frolic along on his own. Mm. Um, Fair. Yeah, I don't know. Fair. I, don't, I don't feel like they would have a second um, season. This series is apparently nine episodes, so okay. 
Um, Who do you think is... Do you think they're going to have... Is there going to be like a villain of this series, do you think? Or or do you think that villain will be Wanda, basically? I think it's Wanda. Okay. Um, I guess, in her mind, the villains will be Sword. Mm. But, um, yeah, I think think she'll... It'll be interesting to see where this sets her up in the future. Like, will she become a more villainous character? Mm. Um, could she be one of the villains in Doctor Strange 2? I don't know. I don't know what her arc is like in the comics. Um, mm. But, you know, if she suffers more loss or if she thinks that um, S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, sorry, S.W.O.R.D. are the reason that Vision died and possibly Quicksilver again, then is she going to then sort of be against the against the Avengers and their kind of mm. um, yeah I just feel like this series will end in some sort of um, psychotic or psychic like break from her obviously she might be having one right now but like the thing you said about um, her maybe lose maybe the kids leaving or maybe they force her out of it and that causes her to lose vision and the children and then I think she has some sort of psychotic breakdown, which then makes two alternate universes bleed into each other and fucks up the whole multiverse or whatever. Cause I think in, I think she's involved in like a comic book storyline called House of M or something like that, which I think is to do with basically, um, integrating, um, mutants into the universe that she's in or something along those lines. Mm. Um, so I reckon that could be like a little plot device if they were going to do that. Just maybe just sow like a little seed. But whenever they do decide to introduce the X Men, um, so yeah, man, I'm just, I'm just really, I'm really, I'm a lot, I'm a lot higher on this series than I thought I was going to be because these are two of my least favorite characters. Um, yeah, I like Paul Bettany a lot in the series. I think his comedic timing is really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and I'm invested into in the storyline and what what's going to happen. So I'm hoping they don't let me down because I am, I'm very excited to see what we're going to get next. Yeah, agrees. I um I I'm a lot hotter on this than I thought I would be. Um and I think it's worked. It has worked for them. Um going off IMDB, which I don't know how much we can trust, but they have got Kat Dennings and Randall Park as being in six episodes. Okay. Um which means that they will likely feature at least in part in the next episode because we're three out of nine already. Mm. Um uh, yeah, I don't know how much Decent. we can trust. We can trust that. Um, Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I wish these episodes were fucking longer, though. It's pissing me off. They're so short. They're so <laughs> short. You get on my nerves, man. Like, and you see, it's the same with the Mandalorian. To be fair, when you see um, like thirty-four minutes, like, oh, okay, but then it ends at twenty-five minutes. You got I know, man. Why do you need so long credits? It's a TV show. Just speed through them. But yeah. Um, and, and like you said, with, with regards to Game of Thrones, like it is nice to have a series where you can actually discuss theories about as well. Because yeah, yeah. a lot of TV shows, it's it's not necessarily like too in too deep about theories. It's yeah. it's more just sort of like, oh, what do you think is going to happen to Ghost in the next episode? <laughs> Rather than like, what's the what's the conspiracy behind it? Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't watch Power, but you know that sort of thing. So at least with Game of Thrones, it was like, who's the Night King? Who's going to kill? Who's going to be the the king of all kings? Or but yeah, uh, yeah. I just think that I'm hoping that Disney. Well, we know that obviously they're producing series, but they're seeing like this could be their opportunity to fill that gap, that event TV gap in the market that we have been missing with without Game of Thrones. Mm. So. I'm hoping that this will kind of like spur them on to do. And I, I, I just love the fact that these are, we know, because obviously Kevin Feige has said, we know that these are going to be connected to the films. Like obviously we had the Marvel Netflix stuff, which obviously was good. Um, and well, some of it was good, some of it not great. Um, and we all enjoyed, but I always felt that they were not really connected to the MCU. I know they obviously, they said that they were, but I don't, I never took them as being connected. Like we know for a fact that this stuff will influence the films. I think that's great. Yeah, agreed. Well, the future's looking bright. Um, I think we'll we should try and do little bite-sized ones. This is not necessarily been that bite-sized. But yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess the, we actually only talked about one division for about half an hour. Yeah. Um, 
and then there's seven minutes of credits talking about other stuff. <laughs> but um, yeah, we could try and do bite-sized ones after each episode um, because even with Game of Thrones, we're likely to think we're likely to be very wrong about a lot of things. So probably, yeah, probably. Uh, yeah. Uh, who saw Bran coming? Hey. Eh? Anyway, um, <laughs> still not forgiving them for that. Um, yeah, so I guess, listeners, um, you can tweet us your thoughts about uh, what you think is going to happen in WandaVision and what your thoughts are on it so far, um, where you sit in regards to releasing things on streaming or you know, wait in the cinema and just dump everything out there at once. Um, we're on Twitter at YCPodcast17, Instagram, uh, all your spot, all your uh, podcast channels um, under your average critics. Keep it sexy. Keep it sexy, indeed.